Welcome to Continuum, a podcast dedicated to your health. We'll introduce you to individuals throughout the healthcare world, from patients to providers, with a focus on inspiration and education. In this episode, we talk to Jerry Hernandez, Mayor Pro Tem of Adelanto, California, and COVID-19 survivor. Jerry joins us from Ballard Rehabilitation Hospital in San Bernardino to discuss his journey with the deadly virus. Just 39 years old and otherwise healthy, Jerry's experience, which was nearly fatal, is a stark reminder of the threat that COVID-19 presents. So, uh, first of all, Jerry, I know you had a, a heck of a day of, of therapy, and I hear you're, uh, you're really taking a taking that seriously. So I know you've been worked out and are are ready to relax. So uh, with that said, I really, we really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us. We're very uh, intrigued to hear your story and and learn more about uh, the past uh, few months of your life. Before we crack in, uh, I'd love to know a little bit more about you just outside of COVID, your role as mayor pro tem and sort of your thoughts of Corona before it, it affected your, your life the way it did. All righty. Thanks for having me. 39 years old. I turned 39 on March 26th. I was elected uh, on November of 2018. Um, you know, I've, I've always had an interest in politics and I always had told my wife, you know, I would love to run just for the experience. You know, I it wasn't something that I was trying to uh, win or, you know, I, I was just happy if I finished top five. I, I just didn't want to come in last place, right? Sure, right. <laughs> I just wanted to do it for the experience. And I told my wife, you know, what happens, happens. I'll be happy either way. And so she was actually my, she was my campaign manager. Um, you know, she, she helped me run my campaign. I took no donations. From name, not no private donations. No, I use my own money to run my own campaign. Wow, nice. Um, I um, one of the very few registered Democrats in the high desert. It is a very red area. Huh. Uh, so, the night of the election, there was probably I would say maybe ten candidates in the entire desert that were Democrats. So they threw a little party, a little watch party to watch the results. As the results came in. I was the only one who was in first place. Huh. So the very first results that came in from the county, I was the only one that was in first place. Everyone was either pretty much to the bottom. Uh, the Republicans do very well up there. So I, I was really, really ecstatic and happy. I was like, wow, I didn't, did not expect that. Um, Adelanto is, uh, has been pretty red city as well for its existence. So. As the night went on, I held on to the lead. The lead grew bigger, bigger, bigger every time the results came in, and I ended up winning. It was a it was a shocker, most definitely. <laughs> so so now fast forward a few a few weeks or a few months, I guess. Well, essentially, I'm I'm the vice mayor. So if the mayor is unable to uh, carry out his duties, I take over. Okay. Yeah. So I'm the vice mayor. Uh, I'm second in command. So have you? What? What? What kinds of things uh, have it? Have you had to do? Uh, just just to give us an idea of 
what uh, life is like as a mayor pro temp. Um, it's exciting. You know, I love it. Our, our city, it's very challenging. That's for sure. Our city, um, coming in, we knew it was going to be a challenge because we've had, uh, previous administration kind of, they introduced cannabis into our city. Okay. They didn't do a very good job of introducing cannabis in our city. So it kind of attracted the FBI, uh, and, and the former mayor and one of the council members were under are still under investigation for uh, various crimes. And so we basically clean house. So coming in, uh, you know, myself and my wife, we would look at the budgets. We knew the budgets were were incorrect and over they were inflated. We knew the numbers weren't real. Huh. And so coming in, we knew we were we were going to face uh, some kind of budgetary issues. We just didn't expect where we're at now. So we came in with a six and a half million dollar deficit. So basically it's just a structural deficit where, you know, we're paying out too much and not making enough coming in. Hmm. So, um, and at that time there was no, none of the taxes were being collected for the cannabis industry. So everybody was just doing their own, out there nobody was regulating them so our, our our administration's first duty was to regulate that industry and collect our tax money so now we're yeah. a little over 2.1 million oh uh, nice yeah but um the cannabis industry is struggling a little bit like it is in all california due to lack of power uh southern california edison doesn't want to give us the power and uh, they said that it's not in our, in in their five to 10 year plan. So we're, we're, we're coming up with other methods to try to get power to that industry. Hopefully if we get it all up and running, we'll, we'll probably make 30 to 40 million a year in, in cannabis tax revenue. I, I gotta say, I'm impressed. I just listening to you go and talk, I all get in, get into what's going on with, you know, with your community and solving these issues, just in the, in, with the situation you're going through right now, I mean, I, I I'm impressed. I, I, I like you. You really, yes. I, it doesn't matter Thank what's going on in your life. You're still focused on what needs to happen. And I like this. I, I it's really cool. My goal right now is just to, to get better, get to my family and then get back to my residents. I represent, you know, and get back to work. Yeah, wow. That's there's dedication, a, man. I gotta say. Lot, yeah. There's a lot of work to do in our city and, I love this little city. It's given me so much in the five years that I've been here. And, uh, you know, the people are all praying for me. I get, I have a ton of messages and emails and all kinds of stuff from the residents. And, and uh, Yeah. I, I, I've listened to you to talk, again, talk for, for five, five, six minutes, and you go right into the what's going on with, <laughs> with everything, and you're in a hospital bed. Like, I don't know if I was in your situation, work would not be something I, I don't know, but I, that's really commendable. And I'll tell you, your, your community is extremely lucky to have you. Yeah. Um, I, you. I think that goes without saying. And so what interests me, one of, one of my big things with, uh, the, uh, coronavirus, mm -hmm. um, it, there's a lot of moving pieces to it. And there's, of course, but it's interesting talking to you, you are in politics, uh, the politicalization of, of this. It's, you know, we were talking about it before you joined us a little bit, 
And there's generally speaking, I mean, it's sort of like if you have one political affiliation, you look at this one way. And if you are of another political belief or affiliation, you look at it almost a totally different way. Correct. Um, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, you're, you're, you hold a seat in office. I mean, is that, I mean, to me, it's just wild, but I'm very curious to hear what you have to say about it, if anything, but I'm sure you have something. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm the way I look at it, um, I'm living proof that this is no hoax. This is, you know, this is something that affects everyone. You know, it, it does this, this virus doesn't pick and choose, you know, and right. say, well, Hey, if you're a Republican, I'm not going to go into you. No, it, it, you know, it spreads everywhere to everyone. You know, some folks get it more mild, you know, we're, and, you know, scientists and are, are barely figuring out how this thing operates and how it works. And, you know, some, some people get it worse. Some people don't get any symptoms, you All know, right. myself, um, when I got sick, I started, you know, started off like just like a little regular cold. Uh, it gave me a headache, yeah. And then I started getting a little low-grade fever and sniffles. Uh, probably a week later, I couldn't breathe no more. And, huh. I and the, the sad thing is it was on my anniversary. Uh, I told my wife, I was like, baby, I can't breathe anymore. My airways are locking up on me. And so she's like, well, let's just call an ambulance so we can get you there faster instead of me just taking you to the ER. And I was like, okay, let's do it. And so when I got there, uh, they put me in the ambulance and my O2 saturation was like 79. And I, I was, you know, I was gasping for air. Um, once I got, they took me to St. Mary's Medical Center in Apple Valley. Uh, they, I had a false negative the first test they gave me and then two positives after. Yeah, I read that. Jeez, man. <laughs> they put me in, in this little tiny isolation room with plastic, and, and all the, the nurses and doctors who would come in were dressed like moon men. They just had the, you know, the big, all, all, all the, the mask and all kinds of things, and with the, with the, the air tubes and everything. I was like, man, this is curious. Um, they, they tested my wife, too. She was negative. Huh. Um, so she went home. They wouldn't let her see me or anything. So they took me up. Uh, once they, they admitted me, they took me upstairs to an isolation room. Uh, probably two days later, they told me they had uh, put me in the ventilator. And so wow. I call my wife. I tell her, I was, I was like, baby, they're going to put me under. They're going to put a tube down my throat. I'll call you when I wake up. Uh, I told her I loved her. And so from there... I was intubated for about three weeks, I think. Huh. And so you you almost didn't make it. Can you give us a little insight on why you almost didn't make it? Most definitely. Um, so after they intubated me, I was under for about three weeks. Um, they were keeping my, my, my wife would call every day to check up and see how I was doing. Um, slowly but slowly. My all my organs were shutting down. Huh. Kidneys completely shut down. Uh, my blood pressure was down in the fifties. My heart rate was very very low. So um, the doctors just they asked my wife, 
you know, do you just want to do comfort care and just let him pass away? I don't, we don't think he's going to make it. Wow. You got to there. Jeez. Yeah. My wife said, no, he's way too strong. He's going to pull out of this. He's going to do it. He's very stubborn. It's, 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 <laughs> take him time, but he'll get, he'll, he'll pull out of it. And I did. Uh, a week later, I pulled out of it. Um, I woke up. And one of the doctors was like, um, Mr. Hernandez, uh, we're going to have to do some dialysis right now. And I was like, dialysis? What are you talking about? I'm not on dialysis. And then they were like, well, you do now because you lost your kidneys. You know, your COVID has destroyed your kidneys. Oh. And so I was on dialysis probably for about two weeks. And my kidney functions just started coming back. Oh, so nice. I, up and up probably so in two weeks i have full functions on my kidneys again when i woke, when i woke up i was completely paralyzed though really I could, not, I could not move anything not my arms not my legs i could not speak um so that was very very frustrating not being able to communicate with anybody in the hospital um, did they did they tell you that might be something to um look forward to slash not look forward to not at all they did not expect when they they were as shocked as i was so how long are you you paralyzed for um well since i woke up which was uh first week of april i think okay Second week of april so yeah and i'm still i've got being here at ballard though you know, I, I've I've made leaps and bounds because I can move my arms now. I can move my legs. I have a lot of more trunk uh, strength. Yeah, I can pull in my bed now, and so the next step is just standing and walking. So did you? So did you go to Ballard Rehab after, uh, like, directly after the ICU at the hospital? So I'm I'm a Kaiser patient. Okay. And so St. Mary's, I went to Kaiser. Once I was stable enough, Kaiser took over. And they brought they transferred me down to Ontario, and there at their Kaiser Hospital, and I was there for about maybe thirty five days, forty days around there. Okay. And uh, after I was strong enough, I went through Ballard's test, and I had to take two uh, COVID tests again. I've probably been taking ten of those, and they're 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 terrible. They ram the little stick down your nose and. Mm. You got to take two two COVID tests that are negative to get in here. I did, and I've been here since. I've been here what two weeks? Yeah, about two weeks. Now, has your family been able to visit you at Ballard at all, or is it still uh, pretty yeah. well locked down? They visited once, and but it's, uh, it's from the outside looking in through the window. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's no there's no visitation here, oh. just because of all the surge and everything that's been going on in our county and. Southern California, so yeah, yeah. Well, I, I mean, I it's right. Apparently, our whole country. I was such yeah. a. I mean, it, it's it's nothing. You know, we were talking earlier. It's like I was set to send my kids back to to daycare, and our chief clinical officer. I checked in with her, and she's like, "No, do not." And she was she was absolutely fine with us doing it two three weeks ago. And yeah. There's definitely. I mean, it's definitely not. We're nowhere near our daughters and if they were in regular school i would not send them back most definitely not no i, I don't think we should be fighting this war 
in the hallways of our schools. That, that, that we have enough spread as it is, and if our, yeah. our children, let's just be honest, they're not going to wear a mask all day. No. They're not going to. You know, our kid, kids like to play with each other, like to run around with each other, and uh, I just don't see it happening. So. No, no, and and we know we just don't know enough to even you know because yeah, I mean statistically, kids aren't as uh, um, susceptible, but yeah. that can change tomorrow. Yes. Uh, so, how speaking of your family a little bit more, like how how have they, you know, <laughs> what has gotten you guys through this? Uh, it's been a hard hard, hard road. Most definitely. My, yeah, I have to give it up to my wife. She's a strong woman. She's, she's held everything down. That's happened. Our, the coronavirus hit our entire house. Did everyone, it? everyone caught it. Yes. So you're wife, okay. So your wife did eventually get it. Cause you had said okay. earlier, she tested negative when, when you initially got admitted. Yeah, she eventually got it. It was only mild symptoms. Um, she quarantined herself for 14 days in her bedroom. Wow. Uh, I have my oldest daughter who killed. We, we brought her home from UC Riverside when they closed the schools. So she watched our young, our younger uh, when my wife was sick. But then she got it, and she was hospitalized for about a week. How, how old? Okay, so how old was your daughter that was hospitalized? 19. She's 19. my oldest. Yeah. And then I have a 16-year-old. I have a 11-year-old and a 9-year-old. And so, and also, I had my mom living with me. So my mom was seventy-two. Um, so my my three younger ones did not get it, thankfully. Mm. It got my oldest daughter, it got my wife. Obviously, it got me. And so when I when I came out of the coma, um, you know, obviously my first question to my wife once I was able to speak and face, I FaceTimed her. And I, I was like, how's everyone doing? She's like, everyone's like, and she just told me everything that happened. And I asked for my mom, and she went quiet. <sighs> and so I was like, and I could see it in her face. I was like, what's wrong? What happened? She goes, I don't want to tell you over this over the phone. But, I mean, I have to. She said, your mom died. Oh, Jerry. And, yeah. And so, you know, that, that that was probably the hardest thing. You know, I, I care less that I got sick in the hospital, but the fact that my mom passed away and we couldn't have a funeral for her. You know, my sisters couldn't see her, not, none of that, you know. Um, luckily, my brother was able to come down because he lives in Phoenix, so he was able to drive down. Uh, uh, my other lives all the way in Albuquerque. And it, it was just, it was an unfortunate and. and but uh, we, my, you know, my wife handled everything. She, um, she cremated her, had her buried at Riverside National Cemetery next to my dad, who was a former U.S. Army. Wow. Well, Jerry, I'm really sorry to hear that. Uh, yeah. Man, that if that isn't to say you've endured quite a bit is is an understatement. Boy, you are hanging tough. I'll tell you. Yeah. Well, what um, keeps me going is getting back to my little girls and my wife. You know. Yeah, yeah that, and that so that's I you know that's kind of where I was heading next. Like, what are you looking forward to most when you get out of the hospital? Kissing my little girls and holding my wife. Yeah, like that, just just getting back to my family. 
know, that, and that, I think that's what keeps everyone here going. Yeah. Is getting, getting back to our families and, you know, obviously the world's a lot different now. It's not the same, you know, a lot has changed and, and who knows? It probably never will get back to the same. We don't know, right? We don't, we don't know. I mean, it's uh, the unfortunate truth uh, at the moment. Like I said, I mean, you've really and are continuing to go through uh, an immense amount of of strain uh, yeah. with this. You know, what advice? What advice do you have for people listening that uh, with in regards to protecting themselves, their families? Uh, mm -hmm. and, and, and furthermore to anybody who may be hospitalized. Yeah. It's just, you know, listen to our officials, they, you know, they're, they're doing their best. Uh, obviously we, you know, there's a lot of challenges out there cause this is so, so unknown to us, but you know, wear your mask, it'll, you know, it'll cut the risk down dramatically. Uh, wash your hands. It's just basic things that, you know, our, our parents taught us to do. Right. Be clean you know um you know social distance stay home you know it's, it's be with your family you know the beach is not going anywhere the, you know the uh the theaters are not going anywhere eventually once this you know dies out we we'll be able to give back to a more no, uh, normal life like we had so it, it's just some people you know I, I understand it gets frustrated as being home and there's folks that are for me personally though i love being home yeah, I love being home. <laughs> I love, right. I love being with my daughter. So this is this would be it's nothing, you know. Right. I love being wife and being home. Uh, either I, you can, I mean, you can ask my wife. I'm either at home or I'm at city hall. Hmm. That's it. Hmm. You know, and as I said, for the time we we can all sacrifice a little bit, uh, a little bit just to protect each other. And, yeah. Yeah, having re having respect for your community. I mean, yeah. even if you even if you disagree, or you don't if you think the Earth is flat and you don't think this is real, have a little respect. Exactly. You know. You know, care for each other, human beings. You know, and yeah. and that's what it ultimately comes down to. Who cares about the left and the right, the red and the blue? That doesn't matter right now. People are dying. Yeah. You know, people are dying out here. Yeah. We, we, you know, we, we need to take care of each other as human beings and as Americans as well. You know, we're, you know, we're all in this together. We are. What we are. What affects all of us. Well, Jerry, you've, I, I honestly, I could continue. I'm, I'm fascinated to talk to someone who's been through what you've <laughs> been through. And I, I want to thank you so much for your time. I also want you to get some rest so you can get back to your family. So I don't want to hold you up any longer. But I, no, I got to ask you one more question. Sure. Did you have your three daughters go play the lottery? Uh, no. Because <laughs> they had to be three of the luckiest kids I've yeah. ever heard of. Oh, but yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna have them jot down some numbers. So we'll, <laughs> yeah. We'll play the million, the Powerball. Oh man, I'll tell you, get get them on it because man, they, they got something going for them. They um, did. They. <laughs> Well, Jerry, I needless to say, I can't thank you enough for taking the time. I know you are, you've got to be beat um, with therapy yeah. and uh, with obviously everything you've been through before that. So um, again, thanks for your time. Thank you for all you do for, for your community. Uh, it's, it's, you're, you are clearly dedicated because as I said at the top, I mean, 
<laughs> you, you are in some you have been through through it and you just didn't didn't waste any time getting into your duties at city hall and i again i i mean your community just has to be so grateful for that what they elected me to do and you know i i, I take my job very seriously and you know I, I try to represent them as best as i can so oh, that's awesome yeah. so awesome all righty sir well um what can I say? Good luck with everything. Again, I'm I'm so sorry to hear uh, uh, about your mom, and uh, I hope that you guys can can celebrate her soon together. And uh, uh, yeah, I, I, I I'll, I'll leave it at that. God bless you guys. Thank you. Our guest today was Jerry Hernandez. To learn more about COVID nineteen. Check out the show notes on the Continuum blog at vibrahealthcare.com slash blog. If you enjoyed our conversation with Jerry, please consider leaving us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. And don't forget to subscribe to receive new episodes as they're released.